Welcome to the Gary Wilkerson podcast. Um, I'm sitting here with Gary Wilkerson, president of World Challenge. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you, buddy. You doing all right today? Not too bad. I've uh, I've really enjoyed these uh, last several podcasts we've done. We are talking about um, some of the the marks of what revival would look like in this generation. In previous podcasts, we've talked about the idea that um, you know that not every sort of awakening or revival in church history looked exactly the same. Um, even though there are some tenets, you know, the preaching of God's word and repentance and the glorification of Christ, but but there's different sort of ways they expressed, um, you know, depending on where they in the where they were in the world, and uh, what was going on um, in the world at that time. And so we've been talking through some of these things, and not really, uh, it's not like a, a system or like a list of things that that have to happen. We're not we're not saying that. We're talking about more of of personal heart issues uh, within people that that we feel will mark a generate uh, a, a revival in this generation that we're praying for um and 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 posturing ourselves to realize that what god does may look different than it did before um and so today we're going to um talk about uh being communal and connected and not programized and polished so you know just throwing that title out to you, Gary, what, what, what comes to mind when, when I say that? Yeah, the polished is a little bit like what we were talking about in our last episode when we were talking about being real and authentic and genuine. And the, the polished is trying to look good on the outside, uh, trying to you know, make everybody feel like your whole life is put together well. Uh, and, and in doing so, you are actually negating the true community, true biblical community. Um, and my Bible open Acts chapter 2. I don't know if we'll spend any time on it or not, but, you know, to Acts 2 and then Acts 4, when it talks about the early church, really talked about community, connection, meeting uh, together house to house. And, you know, when we think, when we say the word church, we think of Sunday morning, large gathering. When they talked about church, they talked about like life together, do, doing life together, like uh, day in and day out. It was, you know, they met together in house to house and, and then in the temple courts. But that wasn't even how they would identify it. They would identify it as like, I'm with Joshua, I'm with Kelly, I'm with Alan, I'm with Mark, you know, and, and just having that, the, the, the people-centeredness yeah. uh, under Christ rather than that. So that's where my mind first goes. Yeah, I think— uh, I th- I think that's so important the way that you're you're talking about that because um I feel like we we forget about how necessary that part is um mm-hmm. in in the health of Christianity like <clears throat> how the apostle John you know basically makes this remark that you know that that there has to be unity between believers. Yeah. You know, and it's just a constantly t- talked about thing. And I think sometimes, you know, in e- an effort to go there, you know, we're not saying compromise doctrinal truth for unity. Yeah. In fact, we we can't do that, especially about gospel centric things. But this idea, not of just unity. Unity isn't just the opposite of divisiveness. Right. It's what you are saying. It's it's being together and being knit in together. And it's interesting all the analogies about being in Christ. You're part of a vine or you're part mm-hmm. of a tree. It's like this connected organism, organism that every part serves a purpose and function. And I feel like um, that is something that that we're we're, we're really desperate for in our society today. You know, when I go abroad. Um, and, and minister in churches and other places. And even, um, 
you know, not just in places like India or, uh, you know, these places mm -hmm. that are more uh, hard areas, but even places that are even a little more industrialized, but they're not quite so commercialized. You see the emphasis on the church family, this sort of bonding together, living life together. And I think that's something uh, that we've lost in the West. And I think it's something that very important that we should get back to. I'm a, I'm a musician and I, uh, you know, enjoy music and listening to music. So I, I may make a, an analogy that not everybody gets, but I'm going to try my best. I'm not saying that being polished or having some elements uh, that keep things together are all bad. But I remember this this particular album I listened to from this band and, you know, as one that they made live. You know, obviously mm -hmm. the engineers tried to make it good and they did their best to, you know, record it properly and everything. But it was one of their most successful albums and there's like mistakes in it and stuff too but it was just it just blew all their other albums out of the water and it was because there's something there is something real about not being overly polished like today everything is edited and mm -hmm. distilled down to the point that it's not real i you know i saw a picture you see pictures of like ladies faces on things sometimes and you're not even sure it's not even the person you know because and so this idea of of organizing or even having a program isn't bad, but we're over-programmatized, we're over-polished. And, and I think somehow those things, they don't leave room for community because, because if you're not, if it's hard to assimilate people into that. What you really get is um, uh, you, real community's messy. You know what I'm saying? When you have a, your family over, the weird uncle comes to, he tells some funny jokes, but he may say something a little inappropriate, right, but, but he's part of the family, yeah, right? right? And so it's like, the, but there's joy in that sort of diversity and that, and that realness. And I think the polishedness makes it where community isn't possible. Mm -hmm. uh, and some people would just say, I don't, I don't want any part of that because, um, because it's not real. Yeah. And that's leading back into our previous podcast, but. Yeah, well, you, you you were speaking of unity there, and that ties in, you know, just the word itself, common unity is the word we put those two together, and we get the word community. So it's having things in common with people and then being in unity with people. And uh, you can have one or the other and it not really be community. You can have certain things in common. We're all, you know, from Colorado, and, you know, we all are Christian. So you have, and then you can have unity, like, well, we're, we, we all believe these uh, common truths. These, we're unified around these truths, and it not yet be community. And community is something more, uh, you know, relational, like, like really connecting. That's why we. That's why we're calling this podcast communal and connected, because without the connection to one another. So I would just. I would probably go to the, the more more the relational aspect of, of this as we're talking about it. And I've told this story before, but it, it's it's one of my favorites, so I'm going <clears> to <throat> share it again. But uh, uh, my friend was preaching one time, and he said, you know, hold up your hand, and said, as fast as you can, list your five closest friends. And uh, I went, it was so easy. And then then they said, but it can't be your wife and kids. So I had four kids and a wife, so I was like, okay. So then it was like, okay. And I had I had one went pretty quick, and then the second one was kind of, okay, yeah, I think he's probably, and this wasn't just people you know or you know have lunch with occasionally. These are people that you're devoted to, that know your life, that know your, yeah. your garbage that you're gone through, and know your ups and downs, and you can talk to it you know, three in the morning, and if you're hurting, you can call them. And so I, I had two, and I was just like, this is years ago, and I was like, man, that's got to change. And and now it's like, 
you know, now I can go through five, 10, 15. Yeah. You know, I, I really worked at changing that through the grace of God. I mean, I, I don't do that in my own strength, but just started by praying. Like, I don't have friends like I should. I don't, yeah. I, I don't get close to people like I should. I, um, you know, and, and being, you know, and that's partly because I'm an introvert, but that, that's not, that's not real reason because I know extroverts that actually can't. Exactly uh, they, right. They can have a thousand, you know, put their finger, half their finger up, you know, right. you know, but not really devoted uh, to people. And, and you see that in the scripture. This, these are people who were devoted to one another. No uh, the Bible says that, that they were <laughs> devoted and they shared things. They had things in common. And that's just so missing from culture today. And, and I could say, you know, and, and this feels like so like eighth grade to me, but like, you know, uh, my friend Matt Ward, uh, he, he's my, I tell him that, you're my best friend. And, and like he laughs at me, he goes like, man, I hadn't heard anybody say that since I was in junior high. You know? Yeah. And I go, no, I'm, I just want you to know that. Like I, I have four other really close friends, but you are my best friend. Yes. And he'll say that to me too. And I, there's something, I don't know, there's something um, comforting in that. Like, you know, even though I have five, I have, you know, and Jesus modeled that. He had the, yeah. the 70, and then he had the 12, and they had the three, and, and maybe John or Peter, even out of the three, might have been, you know, the one, right. the one guy that I'm going to go, the go-to guy in my life. And uh, Well, I think when you talk about relationships, you know, you're talking about your five, you know, and, and I think, you know, I was, I heard you guys talking about that at the conference as well. And I'm um, sorry to interrupt, but I had a lot of people afterwards come up and say, Man, that really struck me. I don't. I don't have five. I, yes. I, I'm not just like you, Gary. Where years ago, I had the one or two. Sorry, I yeah, no. I mean, it was you know even convicting. Where you know, I realized that I need to. I want to be more intentional about that. But I think there's also different. You, know, you talked about the men that are really your contemporaries. You know, the people that are. Mm -hmm. But I think we also have to think directionally as well. Like, you know, that. I think we need to have people that we we sort of looked to a little, you know, maybe mm -hmm. spiritually more mature. Sometimes they'll be older, but, may, you know, mm -hmm. it doesn't always work that way. People who are contemporaries, those men you were talking about that are your, yeah. your dear friends, right. and then people that we, we sort of pour down into. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason uh, that Paul uses the language he does in the New Testament when he says, think of older women like mothers and, yeah. and older right. men like fathers. Think of people your own age as brothers and sisters. Um, think of people who are younger than you in faith or in life as sons and daughters. And so we've got, you know, we got into the habit of the old church of saying, yeah, brother Tim, you know, brother, yeah. brother Chris. But I think we, we miss the gravity. Like, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. He's not saying like, you know, yeah. some sort of church title. Right. He's saying, think about Tim like he's your brother. brother yeah. Like, what would you do for your brother? Mm -hmm. What what would you suffer through with your brother? Um, how easy would it be to dissolve a relationship between two brothers? I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's not as easy. Right. When your friends, um, you know, betray you and, oh, we're done. But your brother does. There's this nagging thing. How do we fix this? How do we get back mm -hmm. to it? Um, one of the men that we both know um, that I've recently started a relationship, you know, we were talking, I was talking to him about being, you know, in my life, maybe as more of a person that could speak into my life. And he asked me the question, he said, he goes, I'm willing to do that, but I just want to make sure you really want that. Mm -hmm. Cause if we're, if I'm going to commit myself to you that way, mm -hmm. um, and he's a, you know, a more well-known guy. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's not a ton of time. So it's a, he's making a, a commitment to me, but make sure that's what you really want from me because right. it's, it's not yeah. just knowing me. It's I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you. Yeah. I may I may inject some truth in your life. Um, and the answer was yes, I do. But it's, I just feel like 
we have to be real intentional to think about it that way. That natural mm-hmm. feeling that comes to our paternal family, our maternal family, we need to we need to be working towards that with our Christian brothers and sisters and sons and daughters. And I think for men sometimes. Um, we have different ones that we have a harder time with. I have no, I have many sons and daughters in the faith. Um, and that's easy for me. Um, I felt like I have some contemporaries in the faith. For me, the, the one that took, that takes some real effort for me is to have those fathers and mothers in the faith. And, you know, I know why I didn't grow up with a dad. It's, it's an uncomfortable relationship for me, but I need it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when we think about community, you know, that's that's how we have to think about it. Yeah. And it's not just about what we pour into other people. What they pour. It's relational. And there may be areas in, in your life, say our relationship, there may be areas in our relationship where we're sort of contemporaries, mm-hmm. right? There may be other areas in relationship because of your experience, your age, um, you know, who you are to me in my life, where you're more you have more fatherly sort mm-hmm. of, uh, right. and so we don't have to be cut and dry, no. but I, but I feel like that we have to make a decision that people in our church and people in our sphere of influence, um, that we're going to have people like that. You know, it's not, not everybody has those really, there's people that are my brother in Christ that I don't know as well of, yeah. but I'm got to make sure there's some people that are around me Man. and that I'm around and that we're, we're living life together. And, and because that's where real, that's where real Christianity yeah. happens. Yeah. Pastor Joshua West here, co-host of the Gary Wilkerson podcast. I want to invite you to go to worldchallenge.org and listen to the latest sermon series from myself and from Gary Wilkerson. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. You're talking about uh, relating, I don't want to use the word upwardly, but maybe that's the, you're relating to people that you feel like are, you know, like the guy you're talking about wanting to spend some time with, you know, you're relating upwardly to somebody who's down the road, maybe has more history with God than you and can feed into your life, relating to those who are coming up under you, uh, and then relating to your peers as well. And, uh, you know, I, I think that because relating to those who are under you and those who are further along than you have a, uh, th- th- there's that identifying factor. The, I'm here to help you younger ones do something. You're older, you're here to help me. Right. Th- those are really important. But I think it's a little bit different than the five that are your yes. peers because there's there's no... Um, <clears throat> There's there's no hierarchy to it. It's 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 a play, level playing field. Yes, which makes it harder. Definitely. You know, like, so I have some younger guys in my life that I speak into, and and, and I know that's my task. Uh, I'm not necessarily their best sure. friend. Sure. I'm not confessing things to them. Exactly. Uh, I'm, I'm not super intimate with them. Definitely. Um, so, and maybe I would be that way more with people above me, in the sense, or, or further along with me. Right. I, I might say, "Hey, I'm struggling with this and stuff," but they don't necessarily say. I'm struggling back too. As a matter of fact, I think a good mentor, somebody who's mentoring you, the one of the last things I always want, and because I've had a few guys in my life that I, I, I've hoped that they could speak in my life, and I would say, hey, I'm struggling with a bit of fear. And and then for the next half hour, they're talking about their, oh, right. yeah, I had fear, and I went to, and I'm in this fear, right. and, I that, and I'm just getting bored. You know, I was just like, uh, no, I agree so, with you. So, completely. So yeah, there's, there's, you know, uh, John Maxwell calls it the 360. You fully orb. You have people here, right. and here, and here. You know, on all different levels in your life. And of course, that's the John talked about that as well. You know, mothers, fathers, young yeah. men, old men, ch- children. You can disagree disagree with this, but I I would even take it a diff- a step further. Not to discount women at all, but I think for some reason, as we get older, it's just been my experience that as men. 
we have a harder time having contemporaries, real friends, those level, you know, where you don't have a th- necessarily authority over their life, don't have any over your life. You just, you know, like in the playground mm-hmm. we did. And I think a lot of times, you know, when we're young, we, you know, you grew up in the neighborhood with these six people. So one of them ends up being your best friend yeah. or, you know, you play football and so you grow tight. And so a lot of it's built around hobbies or, you know, right. interests or things like that. As Christians, what typically, you know, the thing that really binds us together, because one of my dearest friends, uh, you know, lives in Uganda, Africa, and we are, mm-hmm. we are brothers in Christ. And I feel like we learn so much from each other because we're, we're, we're serving this great God together in, in yeah. very different contexts. Um, but, but I feel like that the unity that we have in Christ, if that is really the centerpiece of our life, is is that level playing field now it's okay if you also you you have some yeah. common interests you enjoy spending time doing them sure. but i feel like for men for some reason um i feel like it's harder for us to do that I, I just say that because as i've noticed my wife and and other women that have been in my life i it just seems like they they just you know they're just sitting with each other and next thing you know they're telling about their marriages and all this kind of stuff and it just doesn't maybe i'm just speaking to myself it doesn't come natural mm. to me to do that and and even if with you know maybe it's a pastorly thing but even with um other people i don't mind a man my age coming and telling me his thing the hard part for me is to look back and say hey you know, here's, and it's not just about vulnerabilities. It's about being real. Mm-hmm. It's about having real relationship with each other. Yeah. yeah. You know, speaking of pastors, you know, we, a lot of the people we minister to and will challenge our pastors and Christian leaders. And I think that adds an extra layer of difficulty to come into this real community and being deeply connected with people because you have to be, you have to, you know, you have to be guarded a little bit, you, you know, not, not every person in your church can become your best friend, you know. And, no doubt. And, and so, uh, you know, I always recommend you find friends maybe outside of your actual church as well. So, you know, I think you can be really close with elders. You can be really close with uh, every time Kelly and I've pastored, we've always had <clears throat> super close friends, right, in our own congregation. But sometimes we'd always have to try to have one or two couples outside of our church that, you know, so that if you, if you needed to, you know, you, you can't talk about church problems with your congregants, you know, uh, sure. to, to some degree you can't, you know. And, well, yeah, I totally agree with you. There's, you know, uh, Sorry that so many of my stories come out of my tenure at Teen Challenge, but I would encourage people that were in my staff to have make sure that they have these sort of relationships with other people because sometimes they'd want to have it with me. And frankly, not that I'm not a person of grace, but there's certain things that you may share with me, um, you know, that I my my responsibility to you in another place would 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 not be good, you know, because well, you know. For, thanks for telling me this. <laughs> right, I'm fired. glad you're honest, but you're fired, <laughs> yeah. right? So, um, so you know, having that person that's outside of a place where there's, yeah. you, you, I think this is a good way to say it. People that you invite to have responsibility in your life and you have responsibility in their life that don't have any sort of worldly structured, wor- not even just worldly, but church structured, mm-hmm. authoritarian, having people that you're you're literally... You know, one of your buddies that you were talking to on stage, one of the minister friends of yours, you know, mm-hmm. you pastor different churches, you know, they're affiliated with you, but it's not like, you know, it's not like you work for him, he works for you. Right. Um, and I feel like that because then you can, you can yeah. say something that you may not want to say to someone that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's not even that that person 
would fire you, whatever. But I think it's just an opportunity to just be real and honest yeah. when there's no consequences. And, you and have, then you can really talk things through. Yeah, and you have opportunity then at certain points in those kind of connected relationships that are deeper, You sometimes you're the one who needs help and, you're, yeah. and they're ministering to you. They're, they're, they're the counselor, you're the counselee, they're, you're the wounded one, they're bringing healing. And, yeah. then, and then it reverses too. I don't think a healthy relationship is always you're in need and somebody, you know. Right, totally. Th those can be draining after a while. Uh, but the, the, when, when it becomes mutual, like, hey, I'm going through a rough season and they're there, they call me every other day and say, hey, I just prayed for you, here's a, a scripture verse. And then, and then maybe six months later, it's reversed. Like, hey, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I was thinking of you, and I'm, I want to help you walk through this difficulty that you've been in. I, that 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 helps us connect even deeper. Those are the deeper foundational parts of it. And when you have that sort of relationship, not that it's always like your weakness or you confessing or them confess, but because you have that depth of a relationship, then it makes the times of joy and fellowship and being together. Um, so much more because it's real love built on real life. And so then when you're just sitting around cutting up, you know, doing something fun, it's, you're not connected on a surface level. You're connected on a very, very deep level. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it makes the, the times where it isn't serious or it isn't about accountability or isn't about confession or it isn't about bearing each other's burdens more rich and joyful. And mm -hmm. I, I think when you talk about polished, and produced versus, you know, communal and connected. I think that we we live in a world of of those, and even with great people, but these we have so many of these surface relationships. And I, I, I've met many men, pastors, business people that that would say they have no, mm -hmm. you know, it went. And usually the reason I know this is because some sort of horrific thing has happened, and then they come right. to you as a pastor, yeah. and then it's like, you know, well, what what do your friends say about like who? And then you realize this person, while he knows and has, you know, dozens of associates and even superficial relationships, there are no real relationships. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of just by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we have to back up even to a degree. If, if somebody is has all superficial relationships, it would probably indicate they're a superficial person that they're not dealing with. They're, they're not looking internally into their heart. They're not opening their hearts to the Lord and just saying, hey, I'm lonely. I'm hurting, I'm wounded, you know, and so if they're, if they're not even in touch with their own feelings and, and um, problems and things that they have to face, then they're not going to be that way before. And I've had, I've had people that I've been an acquaintance with, worked in the ministry, partnered in, in, in various events together, and, you know, known them for years and years, and then sit down with lunch with them and say, hey, tell me about, and, and ask a, a, a more probing, deep question, like, do you ever get lonely? Uh, you know, and, and it was, you know, this, this look of, uh, shock and dread comes on their face, like I, you know, hey, we're not going there. It's like I don't want to talk right. about. Or, or people, or people say, "What did you hear? Like, why are you asking oh, uh, me yeah, this?" Yeah. It's almost like you know, <laughs> exactly. why would you ask me a question like yeah, this? Yeah, like you're accusing them, yeah. rather than this just is a weird question. What's your agenda? <laughs> right. Yeah. No. And just you know, so to it's one thing to, for us to be advocating here today to to build, uh, you know, five or ten or twenty good friends in your life. It's another to say, well, how do you, how do you do that? How, how do I get from zero to 10 or zero to two even, you know, and, and, and it does, it's weird to say, you know, community and connection starts without community and connection. It starts internally. It starts yes. with, you know, in the connection, you know, uh, horizontally or vertically, excuse me, uh, with, with God, it starts there, just uh, confession, God, I'm just not, 
uh, I don't really care about people. That that could be a starting place. It's going to be repentance. Like, man, I'm not I'm not a very loving person. I, that that I just know that, or I'm very selfish, or I'm very self-absorbed, or if I do talk to somebody, I always want to talk about myself. As uh, just opening up your heart to these things, examining your own heart, as Paul said. Uh, I think that's a starting place, and then being intentional. Secondly, being intentional. Okay, you know this this. You know, a woman, this gal over here, or this guy over here, or this guy might say to, um, you know, I, I feel like there could be some potential, somebody that I could trust or lean into a little bit, and just ask them out for lunch, you know, or have a, you know, if you golf, golf, whatever it is, just find the find the thing, because right. because you were talking about men, you know, and women, the difference. Uh, Harvard did a study years ago. Uh, they just spent hour after hour, week after week, uh, filming and uh, both. Uh, audio and video of children, like first graders in a playground. And it was really interesting. I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was really a, a, a very extreme number. So uh, like 90% of the girls' communication was verbal. So they'd talk to me like, Mary, how are you doing? What are you doing? And, and, and only 10% would be like uh, ac- action type stuff. And with the boys, it was totally opposite. Yep. It was all like, pow, 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 boom, boom, oh, right. you got me. You know, it was just like... Um, you know, not even using words. Totally. And and, and so, you know, that, that that seems to be more DNA, you know, than right. it does. Nobody taught boys to just make weird sounds, you know? Right. Uh, you know, like how many first graders are, you know, just always acting out that way. Anyway, it's just to make a long story short, that's it's that's kind of feeds into our thing, you know, with men, you know, and that, so studies even now as we're older, right. men don't use as many words during the day average, you know. And, Which is okay. We don't yeah. have to be women. No, we, we don't want to no. be women. No, that's what I'm saying. What I'm, what I'm no, saying. I'm agreeing with you. I'm yeah, saying. What, what I'm saying though is that, you know, like when I come home, if I've had a lot, like today, we're going to be done several podcasts all in one day here. My wife will come home today and she'll want to talk. I'm, I have no words left, you know, or she's still. She, My wife's out of town. She so. might have talked all day. <laughs> yeah, so, you, you know, you just, so we're built differently and understand that, but that doesn't mean we can't use our words, that we can, I mean, we can't speak right. into other people's lives and, and, and have that. You know, we're right. running a little on time. Do you have any kind of last minute? Uh, well, I don't want to open this whole uh, can of worms, but I do want to just say one thing that I did want to mention about this relationally. And uh, we, we can just have maybe one or two minutes talking yeah. about it. I feel like sometimes, too, that we we are taught and you know, through corporations and sort of like this idea of, uh, and I think it's crept into the church that we were taught to network. Yeah. And and what the what 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 we're really saying is that we're identifying things that we want from people. Now yeah. nobody comes out and says that, but it's about it's about building relationships that benefit you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think there's something in not just corporate networking. I think there's something about depraved human nature that thinks of things that way too. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's the idea like, oh, being friends with Jim could be good for my career. Yeah. Or being friends with Chris might give me that in at this that place I want to yeah. be. Or you know, and and it's I feel like we, I personally, you can disagree with me. I feel like this is something I have to be very, very on guard of Mm -hmm. because what we should, what we should want is fellowship with people. And I think if we're, if our heart is really that way, then we should probably have friends, you know, that it should, I think that will spread our friendships out, you know, across, you know, uh, socioeconomic lines and race and ethnicity and all these other things. I feel like if we're just thinking about, and I just feel like it's so subtle, you know, and there's all these 
pyramid schemes that teach you to do that, you know, get mm-hmm. to know. And, and that's not what Christian community that's is right, at yeah. all. The idea of being a blessing to your brother or, hey, we've been friends for six years, you know, yeah. let's, but I just feel like at the, at the entryway, a lot of times, even if this is good for our social circle or they have the same kind of kids as we do, I think we just have to be careful that we're not using people for how they benefit us, even in the slightest way. And right. we just say, hey, I want to get to know you. You get to know me. And if a relationship blossoms, then it blossoms because uh, it's a very selfish way to live your life. Yeah, no, that's true. That's a good thing to avoid. And, and it, you know, instead of being authentic and real, they're, those are manufactured. So uh, run, run from those. That's a good, good, good conclusion. Thanks for being with us again today on the Gary Wilson Podcast. Hope you have uh, been blessed and learned a few things. And get after this thing, man. Go for it. Let's ask for the grace of the Holy Spirit to help you uh, be connected and uh, communal with, with, with people. Uh, join us next week as we talk about uh, goodness over evil, how to, how to uh, overcome evil uh, with, uh, with the goodness of God and the power of goodness. What does that look like and how does that work? Uh, I want to encourage you also to subscribe if you like the podcast, uh, or you can put some comments in there and encourage others to listen to us as well. Thrilled to have you with us. Also, check out worldchallenge.org, all kinds of great resources for you. Thanks for joining us today. God bless you. If you're enjoying the podcast but want to dig deeper, both Gary and Joshua have books that you can buy right now on our online store. Go to worldchallenge.org and click on the store tab at the top of the page. There you'll find books written by David Wilkerson, Gary Wilkerson, Joshua West, and others as well. Check it out today. Ephesians 6.18 says that we should pray at all times in the Spirit with all kinds of prayer and supplication. If you would like someone at World Challenge to pray with you, visit worldchallenge.org forward slash prayer or call us at 1-833-WC-PRAYS. Again, that's 1-833-WC-PRAYS. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time 